Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in to another edition of Inside Carolina's Noon Dish. We've got my computer because I can hear myself. Don't know where it's coming from, Don. Help me out. Got it. Got too much going on, man. Too much going on. I know you've been hectically busy. Um, shout out to Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com for sponsoring us. just seem cool and collected today i mean well you know i had to i had to bring my a game when i know and work with tommy because tommy will definitely point it out when you are slipping slipping a little bit but i did go i did i've been up pretty early went to a practice not too far away uh carry high school they have an offensive lineman north carolina had offered last month a big kid Trey Blue, so we'll have a story up on him. Some good photos, also. I appreciate his coaching staff, the coaching staff at at uh, Cary High School for um, for having me. Been to a few practices are actually already, so um, and a bunch more coming up. So and it's um I was standing out there to be honest, and you know right now it's not official practice, so they're very limited in what they're what they can do, but they do have shoulder pads and helmets. And someone got absolutely depleted right in front of me. And I was like, <laughs> I miss football. You know? With helmets and shoulder pads, somebody Helmet gets laid shirt. out. Yeah. Yeah. Someone wasn't paying attention and um, just boom. Um, but it, yeah, they slid right in front of me. And I was like, man, you don't realize sometimes that you miss football until like 
that collision happens right in front of you and you're like, whew. And then we got media days going on and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It feels like, you know, for, for a portion of the year, it feels like football season's never coming. And now it's like, you know, it's coming. It's here and it'll be over before we even know it. That's what's crazy. But July 26, uh, Carolina, North Carolina football players report on the first practice starts on the second. Of course, inside Carolina will be all over that um, first day of camp and all that. So stick with InsideCarolina.com for all that. Don out there at high school practices. You know what's funny to me is you go to you go to say a, a peewee football game or whatever they call it these days. And they kind of just push each other around. Then you go to middle school and it's a little bit bigger kids just kind of pushing each other around. And then you get to high school and they start hitting a little bit mm-hmm. like you're talking about. And then you get to college and you stand on the sideline of the college game. And it's like, how in the world do these dudes not get hurt more yeah. often? Because it is well, so the, violent. And then the pros yeah. just off the charts from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you see a pro player in person, you're like, okay. That's, that's, that's why. But, um, the funny thing also from the carry practice, you know, they, they, they did, they did, um, varsity. And then for the last 10 minutes, they did team with JV. And it's just so funny. You see these JV kids and a lot of them, you know, clearly haven't hit puberty yet. And you're like, Oh my God, this kid's tiny compared to the guy who was just out there two seconds ago. So, so there's, there's a little bit of that. The other thing too, and I, and I mention this all the time, I feel like you can go to a, a high school practice and just not focusing so much on the talent or whatever, just focusing on what's permitted, what's not, you know, um, how hard they're working, what the atmosphere is like. You can tell who the good teams are and who the bad teams are because it's just, it's just different. There's just a mentality there. The, the whole culture thing that I'm sure fans are tired of hearing about especially I feel like in the high school level, you know, culture is so important and holding kids accountable is so important and being hard on them is so important. Yeah. So um, I 100% agree with that. And that's really across all high school sports, right? You can see what, yeah. who the good coaches are. You can see um, the good programs and all of that. It is a, um, it, it is a big difference. Um, you see it locally, you see it all across. And I know you see it a ton, of who who's legitimately serious and committed to football we've heard that word a lot yeah over the last few weeks um and, and then who's just out there fielding a the team and it's fascinating and i'm glad you're going in the mornings man because i didn't have a chance to get my walk in today it's hot yeah so well that's the problem i'm, I'm gonna have to get my walk in also so yeah. too bad you live so far away we could do it together we could hold hands and why don't we we should do this podcast like yeah holding it yeah we did a zoom call like that i got well, yeah, it i, I killed two birds with one stone people don't know about that but um no so i did uh monday i did uh gus richie's in the morning and then vance county which i just ran the story literally right before i hopped on here with um Tayshawn austin um they go in the evening but uh but you know schools are smart about it or you know or coaches are smart about it you know the even the evening ones are like six seven at night so it starts to cool down but there definitely is a huge difference in the morning and the evening yeah you know i'd be all about some morning i'd get up at six o'clock in the morning to practice rather than five o'clock in the afternoon couple uh housekeeping notes um somebody mentioned um game day at south carolina we'll be doing inside carolina live tailgate 
from the same parking lot in the same area that we've done it before, before games in Charlotte. That'll be three hours before kickoff and then runs up to an hour before kickoff. I know there's other events going on in Charlotte, um, but I can tell you that uh, the IC Live tailgate show is off the hook in Char Charlotte. Last year, Ryan Switzer showed up, hung out with us for a little while, as did some other guys. Um, so be sure you check us out there in Charlotte. And uh, yes, as, as Gilbert says in the chat, when everybody, when, I, when you're as old as we are, they're all kids. I mean, my sons are in high school. They're still kids. I mean, they're in college. They're still kids. So no disrespect. Hey, we got to get to the MVP before we forget. Yes, and, and uh, Alan Minton's working on it because he says he's going to join us in Charlotte. But anyway, Don, MVP from last week. Money Mark. Money Mark. Is Money Mark in here? If you're Money Mark, if you're in here, give us a hello or something. Um, MVP from last week. There was a lot. Of, we, we had a lot of really good discussion. Actually, the last couple of weeks have been really good with the discussion. People have really been getting into the top fives. You know, not so many complaints about that stuff. Do we have a top five for this week? We are, are we going to do the top five female actors and actresses? I don't know we how can. we want to call it. I we, mean, all right, so how about this? And this actually email from my man Derek in in the uh, tar pit. Your new best board. friend. If you Shout are a tar pit premium message board person who's very, I don't know, if active or at least if you read the message board a lot, you know who you know who Derek is. Even though Derek just started becoming active like about a month or so ago. He's made an impression on everybody. But anyway, so he sent me an email, wanted to, um, let's see. He wants to know who are going to be the impact freshmen for the for 2023. So why don't we do, he wanted it to be a scoop, the weekly scoop, you know, my, my Tuesday column. Um, we have so many other plans for weekly scoop coming up. I love the uh, weekly scoop idea, so please keep them coming. But um, we, we obviously kind of plan a lot of these things out in advance, and we probably wouldn't get to that before the season. But we did a top five freshman impact guys. We have the, we have about an hour. You know, who are the five you think are going to make an impact? Have to be true freshmen. Do I have to go watch your read your scoop now? It's not in Let's the scoop. Oh, it's not. So that's what we're doing. We've switched up our top five. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Okay. We can do that. Make me have to think. And you wonder why I'm never ready and, and I just wing it. Well, we're going to be winging it. Top five. I, I agree with Justin in the chat. Top five newcomers. Makes it easier. That's going to make it easier. But, I mean, people care about the I – mean, I don't know. That changes it. Because, I mean, obviously the most of your top five are going to be the transfer guys. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, think we should do freshmen. Okay. I think it's we'll a little bit freshmen. harder. You got to get a little bit more creative with it. A true freshman guys that true just freshman. got there either in January, June, or July. Yes, let's do oh. let's do true freshman top five. Okay, we'll do that. That'll be later in the show. We're also going to talk about a big announcement this coming weekend that uh, Don and John and Tommy will be all over on Saturday afternoon. So if you want to stay out of the hundred degree heat, make sure you're tuned in to IC Live or excuse me, Inside Carolina's YouTube channel for some. Uh, some live reporting. Yeah, we're going to local high school. Tell us. I don't about think it, we want to give away too much because people don't realize just the the variables that we have to juggle, and so much is out of our control. But yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna provide full coverage. 
of Alex Taylor's announcement. He's probably among the guys who are remaining. He's the top guy. And really, he's probably the top guy for, for North Carolina's entire class. So this is this is significant. And so, you know, we are basically going to take what we've done, the prior announcements, meaning Malcolm Ziegler and Jordan Ship. I think those are the only two recently that we we did with as far as streaming it, that sort of thing. But we're going to take it a step further. And I really think a lot of people are going to enjoy what we're what we're trying to do. And I, and I emphasize the word trying. Mm-hmm. I know Tommy doesn't want to stress about it. And we're not stressing about it. We're not. But um, there are some things we're hoping that fall into place for us in order to to do what we're, we anticipate doing. But it should be fine. So definitely the announcement is set for four o'clock. But if it were me, I would definitely be tuning into Inside Carolina, roughly three thirty, maybe a little bit earlier. Get yourself a snack, that sort of thing, and uh, you know, drink. You know, make sure we're staying cool. And yeah, so on Saturday. Yeah, it is a. It'll be a fun day, and like you said, it could go sideways, and it often does. But we will, uh, you know, Packer nine ten already shouting out the auto. Look, look, man, we've been working for two weeks trying to get the audio perfect. The the problem people don't realize. So we we had a perfect mic for Ziggler, and then we have the freaking coach and the DB coach not even use a mic, and then. <laughs> Um, Malcolm's using the mic for the sound system there. I mean, there's just the audio stuff is, is always going to be an obstacle because we can't mic everybody. We can't, there's, there's just certain limitations that we have, but rest assured, we are trying everything. We're brainstorming. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to learn from prior situations to get this better. And I think, I think everyone's going to be happy with what we do on Saturday. Yeah. And, and look on the bright side, you could read it in newspaper Sunday morning, or, or actually, maybe even probably Monday. Monday morning. Yeah, on Monday morning, like like it used to do happen back in the day. But yes, Don, it will be a hundred plus degrees. It'll be one hundred and ten or twenty on the field. The computer might melt. The microphone might melt. We uh, well, we have does. we have plans for that, and we might actually need to step up those plans. We might need to get some sort of fan or something. <laughs> this is real. Like I mean, I have had hot spots. I've had laptops just completely die, not die but just shut down from overheating in certain situations so this is a real thing but i think i mean we might have to separate a little bit but we have some some plans to to kind of go at that yeah it, it'll be a it'll be a fun day um if anybody's wondering i'll be in the comfort of my own home right here <laughs> with a drink with an ice cold drink a couple ceiling fans uh, the one thing about the the you know your man tower and my way up is what i call it is this upstairs in the finished off attic? Yeah, and so it's hot anyway. Air conditioned, working overtime. Perfect world. Demand cave is in the basement, as an actual cave. What else, Don? Uh, you know, we we've talked about recruiting a lot, and I think the announcements that are left for North Carolina fans to be um, up on. You, you mentioned Alex Taylor Saturday. Uh, Javaris Green was supposed to be. A few days ago or a couple of weeks ago, he's moved it back to his grandma's birthday, I believe it was. Uh, and then Paler from Burlington Cummins is still out there. Um, as far as North Carolina's board, as we know it now, it's pretty it's pretty close to to that, correct? I think for the time being, yeah. I mean, those are the three. We, we talk about in the weekly scoop, not going to give anything away, but in the weekly scoop, we talked about 
a position North Carolina is going to keep its eye on during the season, but you know, we don't have any targets or, and, and really a lot of people have thrown some names at me the last couple of weeks of potential targets. And, and really I, I think it's, I, you know, nothing's ever a hundred percent, but I think there's a it's really good chance. It's going to be somebody that we have no idea who it is right now. Um, but besides that, the focus is Alex here this, this weekend, um, Jonathan Paler next week. And we can talk about that a little bit, kind of feel like there's, there's definitely some, some smoke there, but might be more just to kind of create some suspense. And then of course we have Javaris green, which we, in the middle of August, he's deciding between North Carolina and Michigan state. Yeah. All three wide receivers. Um, and we, we're well aware of how North Carolina produces wide receivers. So all three targets, Alex Taylor, of course, being the, the highest on the board, highest in the nation. At any rate, what you need to be watching out for, you stay in touch with Don on InsideCarolina.com. Look, great scoop, man. You know what? I have a fun fact from your walk-ons. I want to talk about um, your, your new offer list and all that, but there's a fun fact about one of the preferred walk-ons that I bet you do not know. Okay. Who holds the record, and he's tied for the record, for longest interception return in North Carolina football history? You talk about high school football? or Nope. College. North Carolina Tar Heels. Is longest it, interception return. Who holds or is tied with the record? Is it Reggie Love? It is Reggie Love. How did you know that? I'm, I'm an encyclopedia. Yeah, he's the only one who's pop played for Carolina <laughs> against Tulane. And I remember that game because I did a double, right? We went to Tulane, Carolina, I think was at noon on whatever day it was. May have been one o'clock back in the day when they used to have one o'clock football games. Did that, watched Carolina, watched Reggie Love, 100-yard interception return, um, and then rode over to Winston-Salem and watched Florida State beat Wake Forest that night. And uh, so that was a fun day. 1994. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. What's that? 29 years ago? Jesus. I think Somebody I was, said. I think I was two. <sighs> at least you were born. I know people that weren't born at that point that I'm, I'm good friends with. And that's kind of sad. Anyway, what else recruiting wise? You've got a ton of new summer offers out. You mentioned Trey Blue out of Cary as a 20. Yeah, well, that was more of like kind of house cleaning. House- keeping sort of stuff we didn't do a whole lot of weekly scoops during the summer and typically in a weekly scoop we um you know mention the prior week's offers and we we so we didn't do that with how we did the weekly scoop during the summer so i wanted to kind of throw all that out there get everybody back on the same page we're slowly kind of shift to that 2025 class yeah and i think some of the weekly scoops are going to shift even more to that 2025 class um in the coming weeks but um but yeah, so that's all that was. But yeah, right. plenty of stuff in there. The walk-on stuff everybody always enjoys. You know, it's always fun to look back on later on also in a few years. Let me ask you this question. And, and I get this question all the time since now they know I work with the Don Callahan. Mm. <laughs> quiet period versus dead period. Right now we're in a quiet period. Explain the difference for folks. Okay, right so first. quiet period means that you can make visits. The dead period means that colleges can't host visits. That's basically, you know, so quiet, so quiet period, kids can visit schools. So that's why you will see 
North Carolina has a recruiting, like a cookout recruiting event on Saturday. They'll have some guys on campus that that's in the scoop. It also mentions a few names, a potential or not even potential guys who are expected to visit on, on Saturday, a lot of um, 2024 commits, but also there is one commit North Carolina is still pursuing, but there's a handful of 2025s that are expected to be there. Also uh, South Carolina is having an event on Friday as is NC State's having their Alpha Wolf showcase thing on Friday. So this is kind of, you know, because basically we've been in a dead period since, I guess, um, the end of June. And this dead period goes all the way until September 1st. But the NCAA gives schools just that basically a week to kind of get some visits in prior to the season. And that's what this is. Yeah, and then, of course, um, high school kids will start their, their seasons. They get fired up. That's why they like to get the announcements out of the way before yeah. the season starts so they can focus on, you know, 24 guys is senior year, um, 25s it says junior year, and 26s is their sophomore year. Mm-hmm. If you need things to make you feel old, 2026 guys on Don's recruiting updates are rising sophomores in high school. Yeah. What's left, Don? Tell me, let me ask and back up to the uh, preferred walk-on deal that you do. And I think that's fascinating. And it's worth, you know, if you don't read anything else in the scoop, read about these guys that are coming in and walking on for Carolina. There's there's some names in there. Um, just sort of tell us how you put that together and the process of getting those lined up. Obviously, you're well-connected. One of the big names that folks will recognize immediately, I think, is Cade Law, Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, whose brother Cruz is in a recruiting class coming up. Just sort of detail a little bit for us the, the preferred walk-on process for North Carolina. And if you want to, a couple of these names. We mentioned Reggie Love the second already. So, I mean, I keep a running tally of guys who say that they've committed to a preferred walk-on opportunity in North Carolina. But as I've seen through the years, I've been doing this for forever, that there are a lot of guys who commit and then maybe there's an offer that comes in from, you know, the school and they, and they end up taking that. So that running list is always not the most reliable. So I do cross check it with some very, very, very reliable sources who give me exactly who's going to be enrolling at North Carolina. And then it's just kind of scouring the internet. You know, Google is, is my friend. Um, and so is uh, huddle and finding this information you know i'll reach out to some of the kids and 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 try to you know get a little bit more background but um yeah i mean that's basically that's basically that's basically it it's it's so much easier nowadays because everything's on there i can remember a time where i michelle would help me and we would have to search and search and search and try to find stuff and it was difficult now there's everything's on the internet you know there's photos of all these kids it's crazy so preferred walk-on versus regular walk-on versus committed recruit or recruited prospect nutshell. So, so there are a bunch of like little finite rules sort of things that I won't get into mostly because I don't know all of them, <laughs> but at least you're honest. Yeah. So <laughs> obviously a guy who gets a scholarship offer has a scholarship offer, has his, his schooling paid for that sort of thing. With preferred, so a scholarship guy, as everyone knows, their requirements for a school like North Carolina, really any school, from an academic standpoint, are are lessened 
than the requirements for your average student. Okay. Preferred walk-ons also get those academic um, reliefs, I guess we'll call them, to enroll. And so there are situations where if a kid, like, like there have been situations where I've been told, yeah, and they only, and, and UNC only gets a certain amount of them, the admissions department. And that number, from my understanding, changes every year. I don't know exactly how they come up with it. I'm sure there's some, some sort of numbers that they're trying to, to balance there at the admissions department, but there's a certain amount they get every year. So um, UNC actually has to kind of juggle, okay, this kid could probably get in, so we're just going to bring him in as a walk-on. Uh, but this kid, it's going to be tougher for him to get through admissions, so we'll bring him in as a preferred walk-on. So I know that that sort of kind of happens also. But really the other thing, too, with preferred walk-ons is that at least initially they're guaranteed a roster spot. You know, that, that um, what is it that they have to, they start camp at a certain number, was at 105, and then eventually can get up to 120. Is that what it is? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I think that's accurate. So they're guaranteed, they're guaranteed that. And so that's what kind of helps with the preferred walk on guys. It's interesting, you know, you, you would think with 85 scholarships, you don't need walk ons, um, but you do because. They certainly help with practice. They certainly help with um, depth and opportunities. I mentioned Cade Law. I mean, he's a comes from Vanderbilt, so he's you know not a well, high school. We probably, we probably need to talk talk about him a little bit in depth. Because let's I, go ahead then. Six one two twenty five played baseball at Vanderbilt. Pretty solid program yeah. at Vanderbilt. Go ahead. Yeah. So I think the main thing is is that the 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 preferred walk on group is always kind of a little bit of a mixed bag. A lot of them, though, if you go and look, typically their best offers are like Division two, Division three, And that's what they're deciding over. Because most of the time, you know, those schools are not offering full scholarships. So it is beneficial for them to be able to get into a school like North Carolina as opposed to taking some money. I mean, everyone's financial situation with their families is different. But anyway, but there are always a ton of exceptions your specialist is a big exception because a lot of schools do not like to scholarship specialists now north carolina has shown a willingness to scholarship um specialists but they also like to kind of fill that depth chart up with preferred walk-ons and and give opportunities to earn scholarships those tend to tend to end up being the players who eventually get put on scholarship are those are those uh, specialists Cade, though, is this rare, I wouldn't say rare, is the, is kind of the exception to the typical walk-on where he's a kid who was seriously recruited as a quarterback coming out of high school. Now, it wasn't McMajor. I think it was, I want to get this right. No, Akron was one of them. I think Army and Navy were the other three major ones. Um, but he had a, a bunch of other scholarship offers from lower schools. So this was a legit recruit, you know. Um, on top of that, the fact, I mean, I don't, I don't follow – college baseball too much but i know that vanderbilt baseball program is one of the better ones so the fact that he was brought in on scholarship there is pretty significant and um he was only there for a year so i think that this is a kid who is just a a raw athlete played quarterback played catcher you know catcher is a very athletic position in baseball and um 
even though you know typically in movies it's the fat kid, but it actually is a very athletic uh, at, the, at the higher levels of baseball, catchers usually yeah. a stud. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so so he's at, he's he's definitely has the athleticism, and and really you know one of the things Tommy Thigpen can kind of you know add to his resume is just you look at the guys who came to North Carolina or wherever else. And we're not these finished products at linebacker or, or, you know, I mean, said gray was mostly a wide receiver in high school. You know, Bruce Carter was a quarterback. Quan Sturdivant was a quarterback, you know? And so you bring in this kid. I mean, th this could end up being a, a, a bit of a surprise for North Carolina. And you don't have to worry about him, you know, potentially not giving football his all or, or, or whatever, because he's looking forward to playing with his brother, next year so i mean definitely a kid who's going to be all in on all that sort of stuff so i think definitely that's that's the one i would definitely watch for sure yeah it's interesting and, and like i said if you haven't read the scoop check it out they uh there's a lot of good information in there and it breaks down sort of the the portal guys so luke, luke says catchers guys. generally aren't fast i agree although jt riamuto is, is the quarterback of, is the catcher of my team but um <laughs> You, this was a kid. If you look at it, he was recruited for a lot of option style offenses, Navy and Army. Clearly, they wanted a kid. They don't. They don't want a statue pocket passer. They're recruiting, you know, mobile quarterback. So he definitely has the mobility and that sort of thing. Who is the uh, who's the latest quarterback turned linebacker played at North Carolina? The latest. Well, and may, you know. I don't I mean, know how far back I mean, to, a couple of years. You can name two, three years if you really want to. Come I mean, on, Don. I, I feel like the the um the, Chaz, the bottom there. Chaz Surratt. Oh, Chaz Surratt. Yeah, forgot about that. Well, yeah. Yeah. That, that was a, a beneficial mood for yeah. Chaz Surratt. What was how good a quarterback was he in high school? Or is he a system quarterback in high school? He was a very good quarterback. Um, but I and, and he put up huge numbers. He was just a tremendous athlete. I mean, they played two-way. He played with his brother. It was a lot of, like, playing in the backyard sort of thing. The other thing, too, and Coach Bias was awesome to me with dealing with, always welcomed me to come over there. But I, I, I remember being at a game against Bandies where they were blowing the doors off Bandies in the fourth quarter. And I was taking photos. I was on Bandy's sideline, and their and their team and their coaching staff was pissed that Chaz was still in the game. <laughs> My guess is that happened a lot. So Chad uh, Chaz definitely kind of padded his stats in some games where the outcome was clearly um, clearly decided long before. But um, but he was he was a very 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 good high school. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. Very 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 good high school quarterback for sure. And uh, led his uh, and the coolest thing too. I don't know if you remember this, but um, you know he hurt his his throwing arm, and he was like it was something crazy like seven yards short of some passing record, and so he went into a game and threw with his other arm, yeah. and the crazy part about it, the first throw was caught, but it was a screen on purpose, thinking that was the safest. And the guy was tackled behind the line of scrimmage, so they had to keep on doing it. Um, but he eventually broke the record with his other arm. And because he broke that arm, that's why he enrolled at North Carolina early, because initially he wanted to stay and play basketball. 
with his brother and win another state championship there. Um, but with with the arm situation, obviously made more sense for him to roll at North Carolina early. Better player, his, him or his brother in high school? In high school, you got to go with Chaz. And, and in college, who would you say? Even even with the switch to linebacker? Yeah, I think you still have to go with Chaz, although um, Sage was really good at Wake Forest. He was. You know, he was perfect what they wanted to do, just kind of throw that ball down the field and, um, you know, and get it, you know. Uh, what's that phrase? Uh, Mark Packer uses the frisbee catching dogs. I mean, oh, yeah. and that's what, you know, he kind of fit into. Perfectly. Just just go and get it. So, uh, like I mentioned, Don's, uh, you know, the extra scoops are there. We're not going to talk about those much. It mentions Taylor, Paler, and Green. We've already talked about them briefly. Don, um, as far as the 25s, and not so much 26 classes, but, but as far as the 25s, um, how big is this for those guys? How big is this coming season for the 25 guys? I mean, is it, the, is it the most imperative thing for a 25 guy to have a big junior year? I wouldn't go that far, but it is absolutely huge. This is this this season for the 25s is what's just, what's determining what type of recruit you are. Even if you already have offers, if you come out and don't look good, then you'll stop hearing from those coaches that have offered you. But there are kids who, you know, I, you know when I was I was at Trey Blues practice I was talking to his coach and he's and and Trey has five offers, one North Carolina, one's Maryland, and he said, you know, I have a bunch of schools that can't wait for to get his first three games. You know, he has a special situation. I won't go too deep into it because we'll just get off track here. But um, so, yeah, so there's a lot of, you know, expect to see a lot of offers throughout the season and then and then even more after the season. So this this season definitely kind of dictates just what type of recruit you are um, on most, particularly the power five level. Obviously, it's different for different levels, but power five, this is this is huge. Yeah, let me. I didn't realize it's already 32 minutes past the hour. So I need to do Johnny T shirt and Johnny T shirt.com. National guys will pay the bills in a minute, but we need to be supporting Johnny T shirt. They're local, they're on Franklin Street. And as we know, it is important to support local businesses. I know you guys heard about Med Deli Fire. That's another local business that needs support from the locals. All of those folks on Franklin Street that are still there that have been a part of Franklin Street for years. Need to support them locally. If you can't get there to do it um, with game days coming up soon enough, then order it online at johnnytshirt.com. They'll take care of you to, online. Uh, you get your 10% online or in person, however you want to do it, and it's worth it with college football season coming up. And, of course, basketball and baseball and all the other uniforms you can get from Johnny T-Shirt and all the swag. They've got it all. You know, I like cooler stickers. I go in Johnny T-Shirt, get them loaded up. Check out them. They support us, they support you, and they support Carolina and the alumni is the place to shop. National Guys Pay the Bills. We'll be right back. Noon Dish, that's Don Callahan and 90-plus of his favorite friends. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right, guys, 1234. We have a a superstar here. And I was just about to reference that. Hey, y'all look over in the chat. Taylor Vipless is in there. I need to get his autograph. And I got to get Taylor and Joey their flowers because I've listened to the Elijah green players lounge already. And I'll freely admit I've done my fair share of these, um, including Drake may and Willie Lampkin and all them. Elijah green might be the best one. If you haven't checked out that players lounge, check it out. What a great young man, a great representative of North Carolina and a guy that could have left Chapel Hill and nobody would have blamed him. And now he sits as the running back, of note last year and has a chance to do it again this year. And just like I said, great student, a great young man, a great steward of the game and steward of North Carolina and Vip and Joey knocked it out of the park hour long worth every second. Don, do you listen to our players lounges? No. Don Callahan, do you read anything else on inside Carolina, but your recruiting stuff? I do not. Um, but <laughs> I do have the one that you referenced your interview with. Uh, you told me the other day about with uh, Mark May. I'm, I'm definitely going to listen to that. You need to so, check it out. And uh, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's just a ton of great content and, and the recruiting stuff is awesome on both sides. But when you have opportunity, you know, one of my favorite parts, and it, it is a video that pops up um, on the on the VOD stuff is Elijah Green talking about, I've always said college players are just regular students with an extra talent, and they're really good at it. He talks about that, being a regular person with the troubles and the issues and the, you know, the sadness and the happiness and all the stuff that regular people feel, um, and it is a great insight into the life of a student athlete. Yeah, you got to. I mean, you need to be supporting, you know, we support Johnny T-shirt. You need to support the rest of the inside Carolina. I support I really Johnny need. T-shirt. If I'm going to go buy something UNC related or whatever, my daughter a couple Christmases ago says she wanted a bunch of college shirts. So I bought her a bunch of UNC shirts. Nice. They do not uh, They do not sell Philadelphia, Philly, or they do not. flyer stuff at Johnny they T-shirt. They do not. <laughs> thank, thank goodness. Hey, that orange would look pretty good in there. Yeah, no, it would not. <laughs> it would get thrown out at the start of it. I don't understand. Uh, no, we're not going there because I know how you get heated. I do think Schwarber needs to lead off. <laughs> no. Just, go, just no. joking with you, my man. Dude, I know what I triggers so, you. you know, here, look, I know we're not supposed to talk about this, but so so Thompson changes the lineup. Here we go, folks. But keeps Schwarber one and Trey Turner two. 
I don't know. Like, like I mean, th- these guys must have like nude photos of him that they're threatening to throw out there because I just don't get it. I mean, well, Trey Turner's a great player, but he looks he like he hadn't played baseball lately. The way he, he's making errors. Yeah, he's Andrew just Rufus. he's he's just he looks completely lost as a play. I don't. He's swinging at garbage. He's always up 0-2. Even in the field, he looks like crap, which is fine. Here's the crazy thing: is that he is so talented that even him just looking like absolute crap, he's still like a really good player. I'm not saying to bench these guys. I'm not even. I don't even have anything against Schwarber. Just move him back in the lineup. He shouldn't be leading off. Schwarber's batting like 180. Why is he Listen. leading off? Can I give everybody some heads up? If you meet Don, if you walk up on Don, he's usually got a big, goofy camera. He looks like a tourist, and he's wearing that 24-7 shirt all the time. Do not mention Philadelphia Phillies. Do not, do not, do not. Or you will be sitting there for maybe hours on end, might get a little spittle on you as he gets fired up talking about the Phillies. I'm just mad about this specific right now. It just pisses me off. I am very logical. If it, I can agree to disagree. I just don't understand the logic behind these moves, and I think it's because we have a crappy manager. And crappy is is the G-rated version of what I would love to say about him. Can we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Anything left? We've talked about the Alex Taylor announcement. Folks need to be on the YouTube channel about 3.30. We'll be knocking it out of the park on that day if it doesn't melt. Uh, the weekly scoops out there, a new couple new stories you've got up, just a ton of recruiting stuff. When the se- Don, when the season kicks off, mm-hmm. and this is relevant to people watching this and paying attention to recruiting, when the college football and the high school football seasons kick off, what's your workload do, just out of curiosity? It really simplifies a little bit just because it's so organized. You know what I mean? Like, my – the main thing is is when recruits are visiting for games and keeping track of just every weekend where recruits are going. And then, obviously, guys who visit North Carolina on a particular weekend, I want to catch up with them, seeing what they're thinking, that sort of thing. And it's the, the, it really flips to the 2025 class. I mean, that's, that's going to, for the most part, be the focus. But, um, yeah, and, and it's the way the calendar – well, the way the schedule usually works out, I mean, we'll have, like, back-to-back games, which drives me nuts, and then I'll have, like, three weekends of no UNC games, and then I'll have another – I think I think the way that – I think there's – isn't there, like, three home games in a row in the middle of the yeah, season? I can't stand that, but yes. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not good for North Carolina, too, because it does make it harder to kind of – like, if, if, if the home games are spread out a little bit, you could probably get kids to come back to a couple games. But if a kid visits, like in the middle of the season, a kid visits, you know, that, what, let's say, let's say four, five, and six are all home games. They visit four, they're not coming back for five and six, most of them, you know, yeah. so it makes it a little bit harder. So, I mean, usually you can get a kid come to the opener and then maybe come to another game. So, uh, and then for, so for me, it, it you know, that, that, but that's my focus. And then I'll go to, I used to go to a lot of high school games and, um, the problem with that is that the outcome of that game dictates a lot. I mean, I've had, I remember um, Alaric Mullins, you know, I go to his game and they lost an absolute heartbreaker. And I was like, Hey, if you, you don't mind doing this interview. And he's like, yeah. And he literally has tears down his eyes. I'm asking these questions. I feel terrible. Or Ryan Houston, when they almost upset independence, I'm going way back when Butler almost beat independence for the first time. And the coach is like, we're not doing any interviews. You know, and so, yeah. so, you know, I go all the way to Charlotte for nothing, basically. So, um, and then, 
and I mentioned earlier, everything's online. Um, I have access, obviously, to Huddle and, and some other things that I can look, look to. And so I do a lot of more practices than I do actual games. And I feel like I get a lot more. It's a lot more laid back. You get more, more time with, with the coaches, with the kid, uh, sometimes the parents, that sort of thing. That's just how I kind of do things. Um, so that makes it easier for me when I have to go to a UNC game on, on a Saturday. So uh, let me <laughs> recruits visit this. I'm going to go inside baseball since you got on a rant about baseball, but inside baseball, how does covering recruits at games at college games? And you don't have to pick a specific player, but just in general, um, you know, do all these recruiting services, not just Don Callahan, does everybody call every recruit and say, Hey, how was your visit to such and such? Or, or I mean, how do you decide how to cover that kind of stuff, especially during an in-season? You mentioned it's more structured, but you yeah. still got to get up. With yeah, yeah, yeah. So interviews. usually what – yeah. So so let's say we have a game this Saturday, you know, and I identify – I mean, I'm not – usually – I mean, you know how these things are. They usually – they'll have like 40, 50 kids, you know, every weekend, but only like a handful of, handful of them have UNC offers or a legitimate UNC targets. And so – those will be my targets. Usually I have some sort of relationship with them. You know, I can shoot them a text and we can kind of set up an interview time and all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, and I'm also trying to make sure that we have content and it's kind of spread out, that sort of thing. I think a lot of sites do it that way. Some sites don't do the interviews. I mean, everyone does something. Everyone does something different. I wish, you know, obviously I do things my way because I've been doing it a long time and I feel like it works really well. And I wish people would do it that way. It also drives me nuts. Like some sites, they'll do an interview with a kid and all they ask them about is like, okay, what'd you think of the game? What'd you think of the facilities? What'd you think of the coaching staff? And that's it. I feel like you don't learn anything from that. I'm, I'm definitely trying to approach my interviews, trying to learn something. And I think it's important to find out where else have you been? Where else do you intend on going? You know, I mean, a lot of kids, if you say who are your favorites and they don't have a favorites list out yet, they're not going to tell you that. Um, but obviously, that's what we would love to know. And so trying to get to that as much as possible, I think, is, is pretty key. And I wish more reporters would kind of do that instead of focusing on what the kid thinks about the indoor practice facility. Right. You know, I, I agree with that. I Folks, a couple of people have chimed in with their top five um, impact freshmen. And that's first year true freshman at North Carolina. So if you haven't put it in there, I'm trying to star everybody's comments. Um, you, you know, somebody in the chat asked, KM Shires asked, got a lot of questions. Yeah, um, let's bring up some questions because we're running out of time already. Yeah. <laughs> Will North Carolina have recruits in Charlotte? How do neutral site games work? Yeah, so barring the – I haven't double-checked, and they changed this rule a bunch. But both North Carolina and South Carolina can give recruits tickets. But since it's off campus, there can't – be any interaction between the recruit and any and e either of the coaching tests, regardless of who they are there as guests of quote unquote. Gotcha. So, um, you know, we, we've never, because of that, um, we've never, um, done a whole lot just because it's a little bit harder to, to kind of cover. I mean, we'll report like guys that we know were there sort of thing, but it's a little bit harder of a situation, but yes, there will be recruits there. Um, Gus Ritchie, told me that that's his intentions on being at North being in Charlotte as North Carolina's guests, which makes sense because South Carolina really isn't, you know, a, a uh, contender in his recruitment. 
So he's one that, that has mentioned that to me already. And there'll be others. And then South Carolina will have guys there too. And then there'll be a lot of guys who are there for both schools. Well, Alan Minton says, can Carolina pull a top 25 class for 2025? I mean, I guess it, a lot depends on this season, right? Well, yeah, it depends on this season. You know, can they? Yes. Will they? You know, I think, you know, and, and I just, I mean, I'm, I, I guess I'm still in the middle of like a back and forth with the NIL stuff in the uh, the one thread, but I think people are still trying to understand the NIL stuff. And I think, and Tommy, you've recently gotten educated on this also. I mean, you know. With, with NIL, the, NIL's changed the game. And this yeah. is the thing, and I'll say it's this, good. and I'm not going to get on the soapbox about it. Yeah. But the one thing about NIL that is done for fans, if you want a player, if you want them to, um, and I'm not talking about just North Carolina, I'm talking about any school, there are opportunities for you to give money to help the school of your choice to secure the players of your choice. Now, you can't pay them directly, which clearly that's going on around the country. But if you want to support like Heels for Life or whatever collective at whatever school you want to do, there's opportunities to do that. And that's the one thing that I've, since I've been doing this stuff with you, Don, people think, you know, can ask me recruiting questions and I'm all about it. I enjoy it, but I don't know anything that, you know, I learned it from you and I've learned the process. But if you want to go to the Eric Church concert in Memorial Hall, that's for NIL. That's for North Carolina's NIL thing. And I'm not advertising it at all, but that's an opportunity for you to go and put money into the collective that handles NIL, which has an effect on recruiting, whether we like it or whether the people like it or not. The bottom line is it provides opportunities for kids to make money, but it provides opportunities for fans, boosters, whoever, to get in the game, so to speak. And so I'm not a huge fan of the way they've set it up. I'm not a huge fan of that mixed with the transfer portal and all that. I think it's created, like we've said over and over, the Wild West-type phenomenon. But the bottom line is recruiting is going to be, you know, look at who leads recruiting yeah. every year. And that ain't going to change unless somebody, unless the money changes, unless the money changes the power structure in recruiting and college football. It just kind of is what it is. But there's opportunities there to, you know, Put your money where your mouth is, for lack and, of a better way of doing it. And how it relates to um, who was it that asked the question? Because you took it down on me. Was it Alan? Yes. Alan. It, as it pertains bucks. to Alan's question, so the way it's looking is that we have about, I don't know, 12 to 15 schools that are taking NIL to the extreme, a lot of them to the, the illegal extreme. And I think I really think that some of them are kind of following the same rules that North Carolina is. They just have a lot more money to to kind of, you know, say that you could potentially get. Regardless, I think that those those 12 to 15 schools who are taking it to the next level with the NIL, I mean, they should be making up the most of the top 20 in each class. And if that's the case for a school like North Carolina, who hasn't, you know, um, taken to the stream, and I'm talking about from the standpoint of what their collective can offer. And I'm trying to be very careful because a lot of this stuff is like, you know, we get from a lot of people who understand this stuff way better. There's not a lot of hard evidence on this. 
So we're relying on people who I've been relying on for years to kind of give me this information. And I don't, I don't have all the answers for it. But with that said, basically, if we're going to say, let's say the top 15 or basically these NIL pro schools, we'll call them, that leaves North Carolina 10 spots to kind of get in there and hope that they are doing a good job of getting those tier below the NIL kids, meaning the kids who are getting a huge amount of NIL money. Because I don't, I don't think every kid is getting money. I just, I don't think that. I, I really don't. I don't think, I know some people believe that all Power 5 kids are getting money. I just don't, I just don't. And um, their kids are getting money, but I don't think all of them. And so uh, North Carolina kind of has to maximize that and then they can kind of squeeze in there. And, and obviously I think while we won't be on the level of um, the 2021 class, I think the in-state group will be better in the 2025 class, which will help North Carolina. Will it help them enough to, to, to obtain a 2025 class that remains to be seen? As you mentioned, the season is going to play a big role in that. You know, what, what happens during the season? And I think a big part of it, we talk about it all the time, perception, prestige. That's what matters to these kids. And, um, you know, so not just putting up a lot of wins, but putting up wins where kids are watching, putting up wins where, you know, North Carolina is playing on national television. I think I mentioned to you the other day, you know, last season, North Carolina, now I, I probably should, I didn't prepare this, so I don't have it up in front of me. But last season, I think North Carolina played four games on either Fox, ABC, ESPN, or NBC. And UNC lost all four of those games. So those are the games that most of the kids are watching if they're watching them. The games that North Carolina was winning was, you know, and beating the crap out of Pitt and all that, that was on ESPNU, you know, and, and ACC Network. So North Carolina this season not only has to get a lot of wins, but has to beat some of these teams when they're on the national stage also. And I think that will help. And then win these games. You know, we, we mentioned last week we were going through our top five games for recruits. You know, I imagine Miami, as we talked about, that I think was number one for everybody when it comes to the best games to have recruits at. When you have those recruits there, beat Miami and have a great atmosphere, which the fans mm -hmm. can obviously help with, you know? Yep. And so, um, you know, beat NC State. Because I tell you, you know, we talked about uh, Paler. Do you know who, was a, who has attended the last three UNC-NC State games? Jonathan Paler. And there's a lot of other recruits. Off the, you know, Alex Taylor could be. I haven't checked, but Paler definitely is. There's a lot of other recruits who have done the same. So um, it doesn't look good that, you know, when, when Jonathan Paler's in the stands and you lose to NC State, is it two years in a row now? Yep. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's a lot of variables. Um, but yeah, like this, we've covered this, the part. This game in Charlotte is huge. Yeah. Because this game is going to be on national television and game day is going to be there. Yeah, so people yeah. are going to be talking. This is, I mean, this is great publicity for UNC. People are going to be talking about it a bunch. They're going to be talking about it in game day a lot. If North Carolina, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if North Carolina comes out and just completely shits the bed, that's going to hurt recruiting. And it might not be something you can overcome later on in the season. Now, if they come in, it's a great game. And even if it's a great game and UNC loses, that's, that's not, you know, that's, that's good. But they have to come out and play well. Yeah, 100% can't pay you you cannot put a value on the the press 
that they're going to get over the next month with game day being there and with game day there on that day and then the game itself prime time on abc i mean it's you know great opportunities for carolina to show what it's all about for matt brown and his staff to show what it's all about and, and another thing and the last thing i'm gonna make because we're gonna get to the top five list before we get out of here is that now there is even a more there there's always been a uh, development player development has always been a big deal um, in college football now it's going to be even more the way the recruiting is so you have to you know north carolina's had a lot more draft picks than they get credit for than people think about and a lot more than some in in the area you know there's a team down in there in West Raleigh, that talks about de- developing players. We'll go look at the draft numbers. They certainly, uh, they certainly bear out a difference there. But the bottom line is, coaches have to develop players, and to get them forward, you don't need a top five guy coming in or five star coming in, and then getting drafted in the seventh round. You need, yeah. you need a three star guy coming in that gets drafted on the first day or the second day. Those type development things matter, I think. Um, not only matter for recruiting, but no matter how good your program is going to be. So a lot of variables. But NIL, you got an opportunity to get in the game. And folks, individual folks can get in the game. And that's the plan there. Don, anything left before we go top five? We've got a lot of good comments yeah, on um, this list. Yeah, I think, I think we're good. We can probably go on and on and on about what um, – about North Carolina's potential for the 2025 class. I think – it kind of starts now, though, I guess is what I'm you know, basically kind of sort of saying. Yep. Shout out to the 100 plus. We broke the, the 100 glass ceiling right here for our show. So shout out to the folks here. If you have not submitted your top five true freshmen of impact for the 2023 class, let's get it. I'm going to go number one. I still I say it every week. I don't like you taking my name. That's my gamer tag. Carolina 93. Campbell, Lamari Campbell, Michael Short, Jabron Harvey, Starlings, Culliver. Offense is too stacked for too many impact freshmen this year, but defense could see some impact and then on special teams. That's Certainly. that's a good point. You really have to you, you really have to weigh the opportunity. I think matters probably more than the talent. Opportunity and college readiness more than talent at this stage. Josh Downs clearly was ready. But he he was behind Daz Newsom and and those other wide receivers during his freshman year, so he didn't play until what the bowl game really. Way out to that, yep, yeah. So the Orange Bowl. Justin says, um, assume most of the freshmen will have biggest impact on special teams, and look, special teams is a big portion of it. I agree there. Campbell, Christian Hamilton, Tyler Thompson, Michael Short, Chris Culliver. Uh, so a decent mix of offense and defense there. Slee Rat, freshman, mostly in practice, making another better. So take that. You got Culliver, Thompson, Harvey, McConnell, and Cost. Saw Caleb Cost tweet um, or IG or whatever it was. Um, Lovey eyes at the baseball stadium the other day. Thought that was interesting. He is certainly a two sport guy. Preston, Cade Law, who we talked about, Michael Short, Ooh, Jordan Louis. That's actually a good idea. Oh, wait, Cade he's not a true freshman. Yeah, he's a redshirt freshman. Yeah, valid. Michael Short, he's a newcomer, though. We'll give it to him. Michael Short, Jordan Louie, Amari Campbell, Chris Culliver, special teams. Luke, 
Last name unknown, Amari Campbell, Michael Short, J. Brian Harvey, Aiden Duncanson, Tyler Thompson. Alan Minton's question already hit. Slagle, Cost, Lavalli, Campbell, Duncanson, and Culliver. There's a question from Luke in there. I should have put that up there. Might have to What's do that question? one. Maybe we can get it real quick. Let's, let me do this first. Okay. Uh, SoCal Coach. Duncanson, Hamilton, Caleb Cost, Harvey, and Chris Culliver. Um, before we get into our top five, there's a great list, folks, and there's a couple more that have come in. Luke's question, Don, do teams avoid inviting common targets to neutral site games considering they could end up as a negative? Uh, no, not that I'm aware of. I'm not aware of that. I, I don't believe that to be the case. I think you, you want to be able to offer the, the tickets to get them get them there. It's going to be a great atmosphere regardless because you have the two different fan bases there. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think you just try to get them on there. Didn't, uh, wasn't there, was it a state Carolina game where they might've been, uh, recruits there for state or something and showed up at the Carolina locker room or vice versa. It seemed like that happened one time. Anyway, over in Raleigh, uh, Kobe Jones, Duncanson, Hamilton, Campbell, Culliver, Harvey, and Alan Minton just copied Slagles. You get minus 10 for copying somebody, even if you say the name. Alan have. will not be the MVP. <laughs> really? Send your trophy back from two <laughs> weeks ago. I think for me, and a lot of people have mentioned uh, Short and Amari Campbell. They love Amari Campbell, and I think he'll he'll get some opportunity. He's my number one. But how many snaps will he get? on defense special teams is a different animal i think yes that there but we've heard um over and over that the backups have to play and they mm -hmm. have to play will they play is another thing i think yeah. gray and Eccles are rarely off the field i mean cedric glary has played as many snaps as anybody in college in five years i mean the bottom line is opportunity like you mentioned but amari campbell can play and he will get that opportunity. I think for me, purely on um, guys that can make a splash that you'll notice. I feel like a lot of team, a lot of times, folks don't notice it on special teams, even though it's very important. The, the everyday fan is not noticing that somebody made a great play or somebody made a play on special teams, unless it's a great play, a big mm -hmm. hit, recovering a fumble, um, returning a kick, even things like that. But I think you got Hamilton and Culliver on the receiver side of it. I think they can have an opportunity. They might be the two for me, the impact guys for me that will say those dudes made an impact that we noticed, that we saw, that was other than just in the Keenan Football Center, the coaches noticing an impact that the, the fan, the normal everyday watcher saw Christian Hamilton make a great play or Chris Culliver make a great play. And, you know, get a long pass from Drake or something like that. I think those two, I think Campbell, I think Tyler Thompson could, I think J. Brown Harvey could, those guys, if they're all healthy, then certainly. I just don't know about at the linebacker position because, you know, for those guys to make an impact at linebacker position, that means something maybe have happened to Eccles and Gray, and I don't think that can happen for this North Carolina team to be Yeah, successful. I think – so I think the, the fact is, and I purposely chart this every year – what true freshmen play, how much, and that sort of thing. And it is far less than what you expect. And I can remember Andre Green's dad, who I absolutely love every time I see him. We have a long conversation. 
Um, he was awesome to deal with during the recruiting process, but he definitely was adamant about, hey, you keep on saying that that Dre's not going to play as a true freshman. I'm telling you, he's going to play. I said, look, it doesn't doesn't back this up. Um, and that came ended up coming to fruition. I mean, he played a bunch in the bowl game, but that was because of you know uh, the opportunities end up being there. But that was after the full season. Uh, Mary Rice, Zach Rice's mom, very mad at me because I came on here after Zach committed to North Carolina. And after Steve Wilfong said Zach Rice was going to play as a true freshman and could potentially start and yada, yada. Steve is awesome. Steve is probably the best at what he does. And I said, look, that's not going to happen because offensive linemen play far less than other positions. And that came to fruition. So the stats just don't back this stuff up as far as freshmen coming in and playing. Are there exceptions? Yes. You got to remember, we hear about the, the exceptions because they're exceptions, because it's a novelty. That's why we hear about it all the time. But the reality is, is that a lot of these freshmen will not end up making plays or being impact players other than on special teams. My top five, Campbell, I'm, I'm with you and most of the other people. Number two, I'm gonna, no one else mentioned. And it, and it goes against the rule I said, but I'm going to throw it out there just because of a lot of the feedback I've received from a lot of different sources. R.J. Grigsby. A lot of talk about just how good of a player he is. You know, uh, you mentioned how UNC wants to get the backups playing. I think if they're going to get backup offensive linemen on the field, and that's what they're going to do, which, you know, at this point, yes, let's wait until they actually do it before we believe it. But if they do, Grigsby, I think, is going to be a guy who's going to be in that second team who's going to get on the field. This staff absolutely loves him. He played at a, at a big program in the Atlanta area. He came as a um, as an early enrollee. Um, you know, the the thing with him is that not the knock on him was not his talent. He certainly has a talent. If you were to see him in person, he's he's not very tall. Let's just put it that way. And I hey, think six, a lot of six three three ten. All right. Well, that might be aspirational. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he is a um, you know, he's a dog. And so I think a guy like that, if he's already grabbing the coaching staff's attention, you know, so I'm gonna I put him number two, number three, Culver. Everyone knows he was probably my favorite recruit of last year. And he was the guy I was banging on the table with the 24-7 guys about how he needs to be ranked higher. And finally, that was achieved later on in the season, but it took a lot. And then, you know, I, I got Caleb Cost, you know, just because he's a great athlete, plays a star position. You know, I initially had Trey Miller in back in December for my uh, most likely to make a big impact, you know, um, with the signees just because the opportunity that was there at the defensive back position since then UNC has added a bunch of transfers at, at DB, which has kind of made it a little bit more difficult, but I think cost could definitely get in there at the star position because they like him a lot at star. And then it was tough for me. My number five, I went short, but you can go Kayla Lavalli also, you know, um, but I, I went, I just, the way I broke the tie was short enrolled early. Lavalli didn't get there until June, but, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, if they put in backups that either one of those guys gets on the field, but they definitely should be contributing on special teams. Yeah, and short. 
if my memory serves, came in in December, got the bowl practices. Yes. Got the spring short practices. And, was it Short was it and Campbell? Campbell? Yeah. It was two of them. But Short so, is definitely one of them. I think it was Campbell. Yeah. So they got – that's even extra than, you know, enrolling early. So maybe. I, I just believe that one of those guys has an impact as a linebacker as a linebacker when well, I, I think, see it. I think really if we're if we are betting on this, it would be a terrible bet to bet on any of these guys. Nothing against them. It's just true freshmen just don't make impacts. Yep. Statistically speaking, the the numbers through the years backs it up. Doesn't mean that they won't. Doesn't mean that the exception could not occur because it, it certainly could. But statistically speaking, a lot of these guys are not going to make an impact outside of special teams. Yep. Don, I don't have anything left, man. You know, well, I we, can talk to you forever. It's one we're five minutes over, so, you know. Yeah. Shout out to everybody that joined. A lot of new faces in here. Shout out to folks that submitted your top five list. Um, folks seem to like top five Carolina-related, so we will uh, we, we will figure out some more. We've got a ton of content coming up. If you're a fan of the podcast and the YouTubes and all um, – even if Don's not on them, then we've got the Over Under podcast coming. We've got the Season Prediction podcast coming. Vip will be out there doing his stuff. We had the Players Lounge that's up today with Elijah Green. Hope to have one more player next week. We'll see if we can work that out. Um, it would be a good one as well. ton of content on both sides. The basketball board is kicking practice. The, the players have been living it up in the Outer Banks, um, the, the North Carolina Outer Banks, not the, not the ones on the TV show that were filmed elsewhere. Um, but they've been having fun. So there are a lot of content on the basketball side. Hubert Davis had a press availability last week. So just inside Carolina is all over it, wrapped up all over it. I always say there's no off season. Well, we're about to be in season. It's just going to kick off even more with camp starting next week. That's Don Callahan, the man of the moment. He'll be out watching high school practice at 8 a.m. at a field near you sometime. And Don will talk Saturday. It's going to be a fun Saturday. Um, if nothing else, getting to hang out with you and John Bowman on YouTube Live. Yes, and Money Mark, who never appeared, but this podcast was dedicated to you. All my efforts to Money Mark, who's not here. We shall debate who is the new MVP for next week. But until then, support Johnny T-shirt, rate, review, subscribe, smash the like button, do all those type things. Help us out. Um, we appreciate everybody. This is all for you guys. I'm all here for Don. We're all here for you. I'm here for you, Tommy. Well, I need some lunch, buddy. All right. See you later. So mail me, send, send the Uber Eats guy my way, and we'll talk Saturday. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. It's all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus.